Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're gonna we're still talking about Romans twelve. We're in part four of Romans twelve. Romans twelve. We're gonna look from Romans twelve nine to twenty one. Romans twelve nine to twenty one. Go to Romans twelve nine to twenty one. I'll read in New Living Translation. So don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be don't be proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. You see? It says don't think you know it all. Yep. Never, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in, in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all, you, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I would take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So, it is this this teaching is um, this teaching is talking about our Christian life, Christian living. That's basically what it is talking about. The entire in the entire aspect of this teaching is talking about Christian living. Christian living. If you look at it, you know it, it tells you what we need to do and what we don't need to do. But sometimes we we think about living. When we think about Christian living, we think about living what for ourselves. Sometimes we also think about Christian living as living for God. Both are not totally correct. <laughs> Both are not. Let me stop. Both are not totally correct. Christian living is basically allowing God to walk through you. So it means putting down your flesh and putting away your old nature and allowing the Spirit of God to walk in you. I'll repeat. 
Christian living is not living for ourselves or living for God. Christian living is basically allowing God to walk through you. It means putting down your flesh and putting away the old nature and allowing the Spirit of God to walk in you and I. So, you look at you look at this. You know, you look at what Galatians five, Galatians five sixteen to seventeen says. Galatians five sixteen to seventeen says, "So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you wouldn't be doing what your sinful nature craves." Galatians five sixteen to seventeen. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Just, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants, and the spirit gives us the desire, gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out Galatians five sixteen to seventeen. You, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So you are not free to what? carry out your good intentions. So you, you, see, you see that it says here, it says these two forces are constantly what? Fighting each other. So the war is real. War is real. You know, in war, there are two people fighting each other. Sometimes it will be more than two. So you, you, you look at you look at I will give you an example why, why I say that. You look at this look at this Romans twelve fourteen that we read. Romans twelve fourteen. He says, Bless those who prosecute you, don't curse them, pray that God will bless them. You know the natural man wants to curse the person that is persecuting them. If somebody is, is hurting you, do you go and say, God, bless them? Hello? No. Hello? No. Yes or no? No. No, you don't. Naturally, what do you seek? You seek revenge. Naturally, you seek retaliation. And, but, you know, this is what we did in the past. The new man created in Christ Jesus tells us to bless them. It is, it is physically and naturally impossible to bless someone that is hurting you. Someone that is hurting your feelings. Someone that is hurting you physically. Someone that is hurting you emotionally. Sorry, sorry. So, because it's, it, it, it's, it's physically and naturally impossible to do that, Christians are not natural beings. Christians are not carnal. We're not supposed to be carnal human beings. We're what? We're spirit beings. We operate in the spirit. If we want to now, 
is an if. It's an if statement. If we want to. The Bible says that we are to bless them. We can pray for people. You know, I, I always remember the story of Stephen. Stephen, who spoke, who spoke, and you know, the time that they stoned him. Remember that story, Stephen? Oh, yeah. Good. Stephen, Stephen was was stoned. All right. But but is it was can you keep your lies Stephen Stephen was stoned all right and with Stephen being stoned you, do you know what his last words were when he after after when he was stoned he said do not hold it what Acts Acts 7:59 to 60 says as he, as they stoned him Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. So you think, you think about it. This persecution is real. It is real. He could have prayed, God, nail, kill these people. He could have prayed all kinds of prayer. He could have read rain fire. But what did he do? He said no. It was, it was his prayer that brought Paul into the kingdom. He says, God, I bless these people. It was his prayer that gave God the authority to work on Paul's heart. Now, supposing he didn't pray, would Paul or others come into the kingdom? Yeah. No. No, David. Unless it's God's mercy. Unless it's God's mercy that would make that change. Unless somebody else pray for Paul for Paul to come to know Christ. You know, this happened to Joseph. You know, Joseph and his brothers, Joseph was sold by his brothers. And you know, he went through a, a ton of trouble. He was put in a pit. From the pit, he got sold. He went to Potiphar's house. His, his, his Potiphar's wife wanted to, you know, my son and I were, uh, David and I were reading it, and, he, he, you know, the, the woman was trying to kiss, uh, uh, was trying to kiss uh, Joseph, and Joseph said no, and she went and lied to her, to her father, what? to her husband. He went and lied, and what happened? With that, he got imprisoned. But you see, the thing I'm, what I was trying, what I'm giving this story is this. What happened to Joseph towards the end? Let's look at what happened to him towards the end. Genesis 45, 6 to 8. I'll read it from here. Genesis 45, 6 to 8. It says, 
this famine that was ravaged, that has ravaged the land for over for two years, will last five more years. And they will be neither plowing nor harvesting. Look what he then says. See, God sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. Can, who, who on earth says that kind of thing? Who on earth says that kind of thing? But because Joseph was fixed his eyes on the promise of God, and fixing his eyes on the promise of God, you know, when, when Potiphar's wife came, he says, how can I do such evil towards God? His eyes were focused on God. His eyes was on the promise of God. So he disregarded everything. Naturally, it's impossible. Because think about, I always, I cannot think about it sometimes. How would he feel his brothers, your blood brothers, same mother, same father, pick you up, drop you in the pit, they sell you for 20 shekels or whatever, how much this is holding for. You know? And, and what then happens? He goes through all these problems of being thrown in the jail and, you know, being persecuted. And, and in the end, Genesis 45, he now says, no, God sent me ahead of you. <laughs> when he came to buy food. But he said, now, God, God sent me. He told me to come behind you. Come in right ahead of you. To pave the way. It's all, you know, and you think about this whole God sent me to go ahead of you. You know, it reminds me of, of, um, of the Bible, what the Bible says that in John, in John, it says the sheep and the shepherd. The shepherd goes ahead of the sheep. The shepherd goes ahead of his sheep to do what? He paves the way. The shepherd goes ahead of his sheep and the shepherd does, does what? He, he goes ahead and paves the way. Joseph was focused on the promise. He was focused on the promise of God. He knew that no matter the trials he faced, he knew that the Lord would get him through. He depended on who? On the Lord through it all. But supposing he was focused on revenge. What would be the benefit? I think all his family members would, would have died through that whole uh, famine. Trouble could have happened. But he did not. He was living in what? He wasn't living in the natural way. He was not living. You know, that's why, that's why I, I, keep, I keep saying people, people will be saying, oh, sorry, I don't want to go back to it again, but people will be saying, eh, 
uh, timing is, of, is, is, is only in the, the Old Testament. Uh, the New Testament doesn't have it. Are you kidding me? Oh, you know, some of the things we, we you know, we teach, we shouldn't be teaching some, somebody told me one time, he said, you shouldn't be teaching Old Testament, you should only be teaching New Testament. I said, are you kidding me? Isn't this part of the Bible? Isn't it in the Bible? It's the Bible we're talking about here. And, and the, Bible, the Bible is giving us an example of Joseph. And you know what happens? The Bible is all about, it's talking about Jesus right here. The whole Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation is talking about, it's focusing on Jesus. That is the main focus. Now, Joseph, you know, when you, when, when you extrapolate Joseph, the things he passed through, and he says at the end, he says, God sent me ahead of you. Think about that sheep. The Bible, you know, the Bible says John John ten. He said the sheep go. The shepherd goes ahead of what? Of the sheep. And think about it. This is the same Joseph. Says God sent me to do what? Go ahead of you. Are you kidding me? This is God Himself speaking. Joseph was not seeking revenge. He was not focused on revenge. So the Bible is saying we are to bless who, whoever persecutes us. Whoever. We are supposed to do what? Pray for them. And as we do that, we are saying, God, I'm putting these people in your hands. Hands. I'm laying them in your hands. It will be evil to pray to pay people back with evil. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of, of stress. It takes a lot of power. Persecution is evil. Retaliation is evil. Do you know how much energy it takes? Do you know how much energy it takes to, 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 to seek revenge? It's like you're seeking revenge every, you're, every day. You're thinking about it. Romans 12, 7 says, Never, never... Never mind... Never pay back evil for more evil. Alright? Do things in such a way that everyone will see that you're honorable. When you pay when you pay people back with evil they are, for what they have done, then we are showing them who we belong to. We're showing them who we belong to. If we start to say, I'm going to pay you back. An eye for what? An eye. We're telling people 
that we are no longer, we have passed over this whole Christian, this whole Christian living. We're not, we're not trying to play all this kind of, kind of Christian living. We're not playing all this whole Christian living thing. We have to, we, we have to settle this thing right now. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. When when we do this, then we are we've moved over from the side, the good side, as the, the Bible says. You're moving over from the side of the kingdom of God to the side of the enemy. You know, but revenge, revenge. It's you up. Look, let me tell you something. If if somebody if somebody if somebody if somebody does you wrong, if somebody does you wrong, somebody does something wrong to you. All right. What happens is that what happens is that when you start when you start to think about revenge, I'm going to revenge and I'm going to how I'm going to do something back to them and all that. What happens is that you start to, it starts to take over your heart. You start to think about, what am I going to do to this person? Revenge is like a plague. But when we leave it into God's hands, it takes away that whole thing from our heart. Say, God, I put them in your hands. You do as you will. You know, I, I tell you a story. There's a story of um, of a Nigerian man. This happened in Nigeria. I was told this story. There was a Nigerian man that his boss was British, and his boss hated the Nigerian. This Nigerian man. He hated him with a passion. And and because he hated him so much, there was no reason. Maybe the man had the reason, but he never voiced it. But he, the Nigerian, didn't understand why the man hated him. And to top it all, you're in Nigeria. A British in Nigeria. 18 and another Nigeria. He just doesn't add up. But who knows? But what happened was, this British man went and told this Nigerian woman, he's a woman too, he's not even a man. This British man told this Nigerian woman, that you will never get promoted. That you're going to remain there. You're not going to get to the next level. And the man says over his dead body that you're going to go to the next level. So the Nigerian told, this Nigerian woman told the British man, say, you know what, you're not God. It's only God that promotes people. The British man laughed and said, I'm God here. You're not. Two or three years later, the British man's wife had cancer. So, so this man had to leave Nigeria to go back to Britain to take care of his wife permanently. 
And who did they bring to replace the hated guy? The hated guy. This woman that he was... Uh, This woman that he was persecuting was persecuting the woman. But God would not give her the promotion if she had hatred in her heart. God wouldn't give her the promotion if she had envy. God wouldn't give her the promotion if she didn't do what the Bible says. But God gave her the promotion when she decided that saying, I leave it, I'm going to bless those who persecute me. I'm going to leave them in your hands. It's difficult. Uh, but humanly possible, it's difficult. But spiritually, all God says you should bless them. Say, God, I just bless them. I put them in your hands. Oh, buddy, you're done. The God says you should continue to bless them. You've done it. God, I bless them. I, and now God released my heart. I don't want to get have any kind of offense over them. Not to. I just leave them in your hands. The evil evil is a terrible thing. Evil can keep on doing evil. <laughs> People can keep doing evil for a very long time. But one day, one day, you know, there's a, there's a saying in Nigeria that a thief can... Exactly. Every day, the thief can come on and keep stealing, keep stealing, keep stealing, and think he'll never get caught. But one day, <laughs> hey, one day, he, he, he tries it again. Then he gets caught. Then he understands that, oh, wow. This thing has caught up with me. You know, Psalm 75, 6 to 7, he says, come on, you don't have to open it. You can look at it. Just, Psalm 75, 6 to 7, he says, no one, no one from the east or the west or from the from the desert can exalt themselves it is god who judges he brings down one and exalts what another so the bible says god is who the judge of all so if this is the judge of all it means that he has the the power to rule in your favor or against your favor. A judge, period, can rule in favor or against you. Against you. You know, a judge can a, a judge can be your friend. You can have a judge friend, a friend that is a judge, and you might commit the the the, the biggest crime, and because he you know him, he might rule in your favor. And say, you know what, you're free. Think about Supreme Court judges. Supreme Court judges, the, 
they they decide to hear a case and decide how the case is going to go. God has sole authority over our cases. God has sole authority over our life. Especially when we're in this land. I believe it is best for you and I to be on his side. Instead of against him. Look, we are God's creation. And we need to to adapt to the laws of the kingdom of God. Since we've crossed over, we need to learn to adapt to the laws. It's, it, might be, it might be difficult at first, but the Bible says, the Englishman says, not even the Bible, the Englishman says, practice makes what? Perfect. When we have to endeavor not to be, we have to endeavor not to be controlled by our former way of doing things. Sorry. We have to be we have to be we have to endeavor not to be controlled by our former ways of doing things. We no longer we're no longer in this that camp. We're in, we're in a better camp. We're in a better camp. So we need to we need to do what? Chase after the affairs of of God in that camp. Look at first, first, first. Um, this this scripture I read it. I read it today. This scripture really opened my eyes today. First Peter four two to five. I read this scripture today. It really, it really, really opened my eyes. He says, "You wouldn't, you wouldn't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious. But you will be anxious to do the what, the will of God." This thing says, "Do not chase." Do not chase your desires. Chase the desires of who? Of God. You have, you have not, you have had enough in the past, in the past of the evil things. You have had enough of the past of the evil things that the godless people enjoy. He says their immorality and lost their, their feasting, their drunkenness and wild parties. And their terrible worship of what? Idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no, you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things. They do. It says, so they slander you. But remember that they will face God. Remember they will face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. So the Bible is saying, look, 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 look. Your job here on earth as, as a child of God is to please me. It's only to please me. It's not to please anybody. It's not to please yourself. Your job is not to please yourself. And that's why, and that's why you know, that Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. How, where does, you know, sometimes we miss that whole aspect. You know, we keep saying, God will give you the desires of your heart. But there's one thing you forget. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. 
if you delight yourself in the Lord, his heart and your heart will collide. His heart and your heart will be will be together, as David will say. You'll be together. Look, if your if your if your if your 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 you're around God, if you're around him, praise the Lord. If you're around God, if you're one with God, you seek what he seeks. You want what he wants. If if he souls, you this is what you desire. If it's to love you, you desire it. So what happens? His heart beats. What he's feeling is going to be what you are feeling. This is what you desire too. And is the aspect of the communication. Communicating with God. Having table your, your table down. You know, look, let me tell you something. God, you can you can have a conversation with God, and you say, God, you know, I, I'm looking for I'm I'm looking for. Um, I'll give you this example. You can say you can say to God, you know, God, I'm looking for a job, or I'm looking looking for, yeah, I'm a job. I'm looking for a job. All right, and God will tell you, ah, you're looking for a job. Do you know that you you. You haven't forgiven so so and so person. That's God's heart. Your heart is I'm looking for a job. And you go to God, 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 I'm looking for a job. God says, Man, but you you know son, don't do that. It's not good for your fellow. You know, and God says. But you haven't forgiven so, so, and so, you know. So, which one are you going to now do? Which one will be your desire? Which one will be your heart right there? Which one would, <coughs> which one will you be, fo- <coughs> excuse me, which one will you be focused on? You'll be focused on God's desire. Because you're delighting yourself in him. You will focus on his desire. So as soon as you f- you get his desire, say, okay, look, forgive this person. Forgive him. And you forgive him. Now what happens? Your heart desire now, guess what? God now says, okay, now you're, now you're forgiven. Okay, now. This is it. Exactly. You know, I, <coughs> you know what the, the Bible says about husbands. Husbands love your wives because they are what they are weaker. They are the weaker vessel. Why? If you don't do that, what happens? He said your prayers will be what hindered. So now, but you have a hard desire. You have a hard desire to to go to Rome or somewhere. And God says, you know, you've been maltreating your wife. 
you haven't treated your wife very well. Why don't you go and uh, go and go and uh, treat your wife better? But your heart desire is still where you you can't keep praying, God. As I delight myself in you, you give me desires of my heart. What happens to God's heart? That he says, go and treat my, my wife correctly. So my point is that it's the desires of the heart does not trump God's desire, God's will for you. Praise the Lord. So, we are to be anxious to do the will of God at all times. In the kingdom of God, we are to remove our own desires and allow the will of God to what? To control us. Our will or desire does not matter in this equation. We have been bought, we have been bought at a price. So, we need to do the will of the Father. Here on earth. This is something that we need to constantly do what? Strive to achieve. We did, we did the will of the Father of the world, of this world, the devil. When we were in this, in when, when we didn't know Christ, we did his will, we did his bidding. But now that we have crossed over the fence, the Bible says we are supposed to do what? The will of the Father. That's what we are supposed to do. So it means that we need to take stock of our life. We need to we need to we need to we, we need to look at how our life is here as a citizen of heaven. We need to look at it and understand how do we behave. Let, let me read something before I, I want I want to read this this thing. He says, Oh, my phone is not here. Let me look. No worry, you don't have to go back. I want us to read that. Oh, okay, thank you. <coughs> um, Romans, Romans 12, 20. I'm going to read it from, I'm going to read it from a message. Romans 12, 20. We're almost done. Romans 12, 20. I'll read it in New Living Translation. I'll also read it in a um, message. It says, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If, you're, if they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you are heaping coals, burning coals of, of shame on their heads. Burning coals of what? Shame. Let's look at the message. You know, let's, look, let's look at it in... Uh, 
Let's see. Let me let me try passion first. Then I'll look at the message. Twelve twenty. It says, "And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness. For your for your surprising generosity, we awaken his conscience." And God will reward you with favor. Look at the message. <coughs> you see, our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy him, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, give him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. But get the best of evil by doing good. This is what the Bible is saying. I gave you an example one time of this woman that was me. You know, in your mind, you want to be mean back. But what do you do? You pray for them and say, God, help me. Just say, God, I just put them in your hands. They don't know what they are doing. Put them in your hands. And keep moving. Because I said one day, the judge of it all, God the judge, will come and judge, will judge the table for you. Praise the Lord. He will judge the table for you. See, the, the key here is this. Is that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to control us always. We should not allow ourselves to be controlled by ourselves. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to do what? Control us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to control us. And when we do, we, as we do that, we're not allowing the sinful nature to control us. Because like I said, there's war. You know, there's a war that's being, being fought. The enemy is like good and evil. Good and evil, good, evil, good. Evil. So it's like you're in the good turf. Stay with the good turf. And when you stay in the good turf, <clears throat> you're disregarding the bad turf. You know, Galatians 5.16 we read before, it says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you wouldn't be doing what your sinful nature craves. <clears throat> because when the Holy Spirit guides your lives, you'll be able to exhibit the nine fruit of the Spirit. Because ordinarily we cannot exhibit, even though it's in there, we, in us. But it's the Holy Spirit that activates, activates it. Look, you can get a credit card that says needs activation. If you don't call to activate or go online to activate, you will have a credit card at home. And the credit card at home could have 30000 in the account. But you cannot use it 
If you go to the look, trust me. If you go to the to the to Macy's and take your credit card that you haven't activated and swipe it, the police will come and arrest you. Or they will tell you, man, you haven't what activated it yet. We have the nine fruits of the spirit in us. But it gets activated when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. That's how it gets activated. And it becomes dormant when we allow the, the sinful nature to work in us. When we allow the sinful nature to work in us, what happens? Evil comes out. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we When we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, what happens? We exhibit the nine fruit of the Spirit. And that's where the key is. That's, where the, that's what is important to know. And what are these nine fruits? <coughs> Galatians 5, 22-23. He says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love. It's not easy to love. Joy. Peace. Patience. You think, you think it's easy to be patient? Are you kidding me? It's not. And some people, some people say, God, give me patience. You have patience already now. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to, to activate it. You have patience, you know. Because if we start praying, God give me patience, man. When God gives that patience, when God brings, brings that, it's hard for you to go through it. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what? Help you. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against this. Is what? Is the Holy Spirit. So our prayer should be a daily, should be done on a daily basis. This is what we're supposed to be praying for. We're supposed to pray this. We're supposed to pray like this. Lord, no, no, you don't have to say it. Okay, say it. You can say it. Say it. You already started already. You started already. You can say it. Say, you can say it. Say, Lord, help me me to hear and obey the Holy Spirit because he knows what is good for me he knows what is bad for me help me to exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit at all times help me so that I don't walk in the natural But allow the Holy Spirit to walk through me. Allow the Holy Spirit to walk in me. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what we're supposed to be praying for, praying. That God help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear the Holy Spirit. 
And when he says anything to me, help me to walk according to what he says. Because when we do, now we're able to exhibit that. And as we have prayed this prayer, the Lord will help you and I to live the Christian way, the right way. Praise the Lord. And that's key. We need to live the Christian way, the right way. Praise the Lord. My prayer is that we would, we would, we would take this into consideration and that we would, we would, as we pray this prayer, God has answered. He has answered because it's a sincere ask to help us to always live this Christian life with the help of the Holy Spirit because that's what Jesus did when he was going to the Father he left us with the Holy Spirit he left us with the Holy Spirit said the Holy Spirit is going to come and it's going to help you out so Father Lord we just give you glory thank you thank you for your mercy thank you for your goodness and mercy thank you Lord for because we're able to walk in the Holy Spirit at all times Thank you, Lord, because we're gonna always going to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Help us so that we can continue to walk with Him. Help us so that we don't miss Him. Help us so we don't grieve Him. He loves us with, with an everlasting love. He loves us. He loves us. He wants the best. He says He, he hears the truth and gives it to us. He hears, he hears what Jesus says. He hears what the Lord says. <coughs> he delivers it. Lord, we are not carnal beings. We are spirit beings. So, Father Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you. Because we always, every step, every day of our lives, we pray that we'll continue to walk in step with you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Help us to hear you. Help us to act on your word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, awesome God. We'll give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.